Bass Edge Radio. Commence broadcast in three, two, one. You're listening to The Edge. Everything bass fishing coming to you nationwide from the Bass Edge Studios. Aaron, this is it. The final episode of 2017 that's right bass edge coming to a close for the year absolutely insane i know we're getting older but it's just hard to believe we are through another year and alongside of us the whole way has certainly been mega weir keel guard obviously we talk about it non-stop because of the quality in their products make sure Put on the protection the pros pick by visiting them at keelguard.com and check out their full line of products that help you get to where you want to be, take care of your investment, and feel safer doing it. Kurt, we're at that time of year. You've got that overlap, right? Professional football is still well underway. You've got your Steelers, I know, that are kind of out there and uh, you know playing it, trying to get it done for you. It depends on what week you ask them, on what level they're playing. But then we've also we've got some college hoops going on. A lot of stuff going on in the sports community. Lots of stuff going on, Aaron, and uh, lots of stuff going on on Bass Edge social media. Don't forget, folks, we have been, uh, as most of you know, 2017 has been a ramp up on the Bass Edge social media. Doing a lot of giveaways, all kinds of good stuff, and no change that has been going on in December. So make sure you haven't missed it. We've got some O'Reilly Auto Parts gift cards that are flowing out to uh, the listeners. So make sure you jump on social media, like and share all those uh, posts that we put out there for your best chance to take home some O'Reilly Auto Parts gift cards from Bass Edge Radio. Yeah, man, everything is uh, just flowing through. I got to say the Steelers are teaching me a little lesson, and uh, that is no matter how confident you are, you have got to play to the best of your ability at all times. You know, they're a great team. And they're going to continue to do well and push the envelope. But it seems like no matter who they play, they always play kind of to that level of competition. So um, really important in bass fishing, never to play that level. Never feel overconfident about what's going on. Always keep fresh, keep the momentum going, and uh, be ready to try and kick tail every single day because uh, that's the only way you're going to put more fish in the boat is to be fired up about it and be ready to rock and roll. So uh, that's a little thing to leave off of 17 and roll into 18. Maybe your New Year's resolution. I don't know. But um, that's uh, just a tip from me through the Pittsburgh Steelers. <laughs> You're channeling your inner Roethlisberger, I guess, right? <laughs> That's right. Well, I, I hope not. I don't know. I think Big Ben might be done this year. This might be his last year. So uh, he's talked about leaving in the past, and this might be the year that it's all over for Big Ben. But, I mean, certainly the guy's a winner, right? No question about that. So trying to keep along those same lines. And, Aaron, you know, I've been watching all this college hoops, right? Why don't we have holiday fishing tournaments? you got holiday basketball tournaments all over the place, right? What, where's the holiday fishing tournaments? You know, that's a very good question. You can't say that we don't have the warm locations, right? Because you guys start out in Florida. You know, you live in Del Rio. So certainly okay. there are places that are warm enough to have that. But uh, maybe that's something you should put on your to-do list, Kurt, because I know it's nice and short this time of year, right? You're in the off-season. You have nothing else better to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Absolutely nothing going on. Uh, so since there's nothing going on, without further ado, let's continue on with this wonderful 
Bible show. I'll tell you what, you know, we've got a great interview coming up and we are going to go right into our Protect the Harvest tackle tip. And then with a short break, we're heading straight into the Lucas Oil Angler Spotlight. You don't want to miss this big time education coming to you from an FLW Tour Pro. Hang tight. We'll be right back. This episode's ProtectTheHarvest.com Tackle Tip with Todd Hollowell. So guys, there's so much information out there on how to rig your boat. There's so many good YouTube videos. I'm going to share with you something that's unique that I do that I feel has helped me tremendously over the past couple years, and it has strictly to do with fishing. Every year when I get my Optima batteries in my garage, they come packed with this heavy styrofoam, and there's two or three strips of it in each battery case. I take those strips of styrofoam, and I put them in my tackle compartments where all my tackle boxes are, my middle, my main tackle compartment. I've found a way to actually stick those to the sides of that compartment. You can put them on the top of the compartment. Here's what I use them for. Ever have those problems where you're trying different colors of jig during the day and they're wet? You just throw them back in the tackle compartment, and of course you forget about them for a month. And then you look in there, and the hooks are all rusted, and you have rust in your compartments. I've mounted that piece of styrofoam inside that rod locker, and when I'm done with my jig and I cut it off, I hang it in the styrofoam. keeps the hooks from rusting. It keeps them organized. And then when my event's over or later that summer when I want to organize tackle, all my baits are right there lined up, and I can just go put them right back in the tackle box that they go in. So that's my tackle tip for 2018. Hope that helps. Thanks, Todd. First by land and now by sea. For years, Lucas Oil has been a staple in high-performance vehicles on both the road and track. Now, from the makers of Lucas Oil comes Lucas Marine Products, specifically engineered for marine applications. Protect and lubricate your marine inboard, outboard, or high-performance boat with Lucas Marine Engine Oil or Lucas Synthetic-Based Oil. Learn more about the complete line of Lucas Oil and Marine Products. Visit lucasoil.com. Nitro Performance Fishing Boats is now the official boat of Bass Edge Radio. Be sure to check out the Nitro Z-Series Performance Fishing Boats. The 2017 lineup features five boats ranging from 17.4 up to 21 foot 2 inches. Two new models for 2017 include the Nitro Z-17, our entry-level bass boat at 17 foot 4 inches and rated for 115 horsepower. The flagship of the Nitro lineup, the Nitro Z-21 at 21.2 in length. Its performance and fishability is unmatched. Designed with input from top elite pros like KVD, Edwin Evers, Rick Klun, and Ott Defoe. Nitro Performance Fishing Boats. Champions aren't born, they're made. Hi, I'm Marcus Sikora, FLW All-American Champion. Hi, this is 2014 Bassmaster Classic Champion Randy Howell. This is BASS Elite Angler Boyd Duckett. I'm BASS Elite Pro Odd Defoe. Hi, I'm Bass Pro Shops Angler Casey Scanlon with you right here on Bass Edge Radio. You know the importance of protecting your investments, so why use anything other than the toughest keel protector for your boat? Grinding sand, abrasive rocks, and concrete ramps are no match for our patented technology. KeelGuard keel protectors are made tough and made to stick. Their do-it-yourself installation takes less than an hour, providing the most dependable, most trusted keel protection for your boat, guaranteed for life. So give your boat the performance edge. Put on the protection the pros pick. KeelGuard keel protectors. 
Wow, Aaron, here we have it. Our last Lucas Oil Spotlight of 2017, buddy. It's been a great year, and I'm stoked to end the year on a high note with this next angler. We are about to get some education. We all need to continue developing our game for the new year. We've got FLW Tour and BASS Opens angler Josh Douglas. Pleased to have you with us, Josh. Hey, guys. Thanks a lot for having me. We're pleased to do that, like Kurt said, and I know, you know, just this time of year, such a busy time, you know, certainly perhaps not necessarily with fishing itself, but just a busy part of the year. And I've got to ask, are you looking forward to 2018 already? Are you still kind of reflecting on 2017? And if you're looking forward, kind of maybe share with us, what does it have in store for you? I definitely start getting stir crazy this time of year. I try to do some things outside of fishing, like hunting and, and just spending some time with some family, do stuff like that. But no, I'm not really thinking much about 17. I, I got rid of my bow and all that. My new one comes in this week so basically it's all 2018 from this point that's for sure yeah josh what are kind of like your tournament plans are you still going to be guiding next year i know you do a lot of guiding up there on the the uh, famed lake malax uh tell us a little bit about some of your plans yeah i got a full tournament schedule Uh, i already registered for the bass open the eastern division i don't think that'll conflict none with the uh, flw tour which of course will be my second year coming up here in the flw tour so really looking forward to that i love the schedule you know, last year I had the opportunity to jump in the FLW and take my place there, and, and I did so. I had never been to none of those lakes ever in my entire life, with the exception of the Harris Chain. I think we had to open there right before we got there, and that was my first time there. But this year I'm really liking the schedule. I see a little bit of smallmouth fishing on there. We get to go up north to Detroit and stuff. So really, really looking forward to the FLW Tour next year. And, of course, the Bass Easterns, that new format, there's a championship involved. Any Anything like that kind of gets me excited for the year to come. And, of course, guiding – you know, I started fishing guiding. That's how I got into it. Started guiding more local lakes like Lake Minnetonka and stuff when I lived closer to the city here in Minneapolis, right. St. Paul. But Lake Mille Lacs is definitely on fire. It's no doubt about it. You guys know we get to go to a lot of awesome smallmouth fisheries in this country, and uh, there none of them right now can touch the size that you can just get out of Mille Lacs. You know, there's some really big fish in there, and and of course guiding's great. You know, I've done it for a while, so I have a lot of the same clientele that come in and book me every year. I, I try to get people from out of state to come in and work with some of the local resorts to keep the money flowing up in this community and stuff like that and really give back to the lake. So yeah, definitely looking forward to, I, I try to open up my schedule as much as I can. Uh, and that's one thing I love about that FLW tour too. For the most part, we're done in June. So I got Minnesota, we're just starting fishing really. And, and end of awesome. May and June, we're just getting going. So kind of opens up my schedule to do what I really love to do. And that's watch people catch five and six pounds smallmouth bass. That sounds like a dang good time. <laughs> that's <laughs> awesome. Well, hey man, you've been in cabin fever for a few weeks already. You mentioned being up there in Minnesota and and I just refreshed myself on a social media post I saw a few weeks ago that were indicating lakes were freezing up already back in early November. Ouch, dude. Man, there are several anglers on tour from Minnesota. Do you feel it's tough to stay in tune being from that geographic area? And how do you stay fresh during this time of year? Uh, there's no doubt about that. For me this year, I'm going to spend a lot of time down in Florida. You know, I got to deal with Lance Campers, my wife, Bree, who's also known as the Fisherman's Widow of Sir Handel. She does a lot of my photos and videos and stuff. We got an opportunity to uh, move around the country in that Lance Camper, and that helps a ton. So we're, we're going to go down to Florida early. And the way I look at it is, 
I've actually lived in Florida for a little bit. I, I move around quite a bit to learn the fishing, but basically we're always going to start our season in Florida every single year. So right. for me, one thing I didn't like was being from up north, of course. We, we can't even make a cast for the most part. There's a couple hot pots that we have and stuff like that that, if, you know, I've, I've definitely caught bass in two-degree weather before learning how to uh, keep, our, <laughs> keep ice out of our line guys is the biggest problem. But there's no doubt you feel rusty, and I've, I've done that before. I've played that game. You know, you, you wait until practice starts, and then you go down and you start practicing. And there's no doubt about it, and I know you guys can attest to it. And anybody that fishes, it's, it's like any other sport. You want to stay in your game, otherwise you're rusty. So I'm definitely looking forward to it. Things are freezing up out here. You know, that post, we were driving around the lake, me and my good buddy Andy Young, another FLW Tour pro, driving around the lake looking for duck holes that we could shoot some ducks out of and saw that that even is getting closed in on us pretty good. But uh, it's pretty common for us to to get that ice cap this time of year. So definitely looking forward to as soon as the holiday season, spending some time with friends and family. And then as soon as Christmas wraps up, I think we'll probably hit the road for a few months to get back and knock the rust off and get back to fishing. Well, certainly as we know, Josh, there's no replacement for time on the water. But one thing I do want to address, you know, information and having that education once you get on the water to put to use and to apply it is second to none. And one of the things that you do with your free seminars and just your expertise, you know, Navionics is really one of your areas of expertise. And all of us that use Lowrance and some of the other sonar equipment, we're certainly all familiar with what Navionics is. But quite honestly, I know I personally don't understand it as much as what we should to use it effectively. What would you say are the most important tools concerning the Navionics application that an angler needs to be aware of, you know, to use that tool correctly? Okay, you're talking, when you're talking about Navionics application, you're talking about like just Navionics as a whole or their actual app for the telephone and stuff like that or just all of it? Uh, let's break it all down, man. You know, that's something I don't use enough is the app for the phone. Yeah. I'm pretty familiar with uh, obviously using it on my electronics, but let's break it all down. Well, there's there's a lot of good things. Uh, Navionics has been a title sponsor of mine for a while. And matter of fact, they're my longest running sponsor since back eight, nine years ago when I first was getting into the sport at, at the state level. And, um, you know, I was just working sports shows and Cabela's and stuff like that for them and just been running along. So I do know a lot about the product, Navionics, and they got a lot of good stuff. I'm a big Lowrance backer, I, I, or electronics just as a whole. Love using my electronics, but really I always say, you know, my Navionics map is what breathes life into my unit. You're guessing outside of if you're a shallow water fisherman, and even that you still need to know where that map is and, and you know, where ditches are coming into flats and all that kind of stuff. So you definitely got to know what's underneath you. And I don't know how I give my great grandpa the most credit in the entire world. I think I'm a good fisherman and, and I know I'm a better fisherman than he was when it comes to fundamentals and stuff, but he caught fish every day and never knew where anything was. So how they did that, I honestly don't know without a, a lake map. <laughs> Navionics gives you so much stuff. I mean, their maps are always evolving. That's one really nice thing about Navionics. No matter what product you're looking at in the Navionics line, whether it be an app or any of the cards, a common question I get all the time is, is the mapping the same? The mapping is the same. It's always the same. The two biggest things is now Navionics is a way of evolving the maps as it goes. And that's called sonar charts. So what used to be, they do a lake. And if they redid a lake, then you needed to buy a whole new card for that one lake. Now you can actually update the cards. And they're constantly updating them, whether you're looking at their web app, uh, their chart viewer, which is on Navionics.com, which is free. Anybody can look at that. I use it all the time. I mean, I've already been looking at lakes that were coming up for the tour that I've never been to before. 
and just sitting there on my couch when my wife's watching TV and I'm just kind of going through the map. They also have, we talked about, they have an app and the app is awesome. I mean, I'm not an ice fisherman by no stretch of the imagination. I actually am big time against ice fishing and ain't my deal. I, I'm a bass fisherman, so I can't sit over a single hole all day. That's for sure. But for that, you know, we're watching people literally walk out on the ice and follow themselves out there and then save a spot where they're catching fish. And they have that. They can drive their trucks right out there and they're seeing everything that they're where they're setting stuff up from. And then as a, as a tournament guy, you know, I'm, whether I'm, Kurt, I could be fishing with you. And we all of a sudden run into a nice spot, and I can save that spot on my phone, and I can transfer that over to my grass. And as we're going along, we're starting to see Bluetooth and everything start to play where now things are transferring automatically. And there's just so much there and so much still ahead for Navionics Future, which at one point I remember asking, what can mapping companies do better than what they're already doing? Well, to have mapping that's evolving, take lacrosse that we were, where we go for fishing on the Mississippi right. River. I've seen sand flats move in the course of a couple months, 100 or 200 yards, and that's because of current. Mapping is always changing. Now, you take a big lake like Kentucky Lake. Kentucky Lake, when it floods out and stuff, sure, things change, but current is always making things different. So you can take a hump or you can take a nice little sweet spot on a ledge. And as the current hits it, over time, it's changing that map. If that was done 10 years ago, 20 years ago, that map's no good to me as a tournament fisherman. No, it might be for somebody driving down, you know, and doesn't want to wreck a lower unit. But I'm looking for sweet spots. I want to see little areas in the grass and, you know, little tunnels that are coming through, little ditches, little cuts, current spots. And it's warping those spots. It's changing them. And with sonar chart now, if you're not running sonar chart, I really think you're missing things. For the last three years, I can't tell you a lake that I haven't had my Navionics sonar chart button engaged and been using them tools. You know, I don't know how many people are doing that yet. And it's just so important. I can't tell you how important that is to have the freshest map that you can possibly have in front of you. Break down a little bit sonar chart. Yeah, no problem. It hasn't been around that long, but essentially what they're doing is they're taking, whether it's my maps, every time I'm on the water, I'm logging data. And we can get into a whole bunch of stuff and, and uh, you know, some stuff I want to talk about, about Lawrence and how that all matches up now. But basically, sonar chart, I can sit there and log data and contribute that to sonar chart. They can buy data and they put that in the sonar chart, uh, the sonar chart feature. And whether they send their own boats out and they're mapping, all that goes to sonar chart. And that gotcha. honestly, being a global company has not just fishermen to consider, they have barge traffic, sailing. They have a lot of different clientele in there, but fishing is definitely one of their big ones. So the old nautical chart is a lot of times where you can just move safely with your boat. The fishing aspect is all going to come under sonar chart. So that's where they're collecting that data. They know where they're missing data. They're going to get it better. And they always put it underneath that sonar chart. And every one of the units that run Navionics all have a sonar chart feature that they can hit and change their map. And they're going to be getting the freshest, newest map available to them at that time. And that can change in days. So I'm always updating my card. I can't express to people how important it is. Navionics allows you a year of free updates. They're literally taking thousands of logs daily in contributor now that could be on a national or maybe even a global level but at the same time anything that i contribute i I do it on my last all the time or anywhere every time i'm on the water i'm logging data and that that becomes accessible to anybody who wants that data and bottom line is there's a lot of mapping softwares out there that let us make maps now but two people are stronger than one and a hundred is definitely stronger than one right you're getting way more detail reefs on Malax, i don't want to just see that i have a reef there i want to know where all of a sudden that thing drops 
drops off from six to 10 feet. I want to know where that sweet spot is. And that's something that just took time before. Now, with how good our mapping is getting, how good our electronics are getting, it's obviously showing the anglers are getting a lot better because they can find those things quicker. Very interesting. Let me ask real quick. I was actually in Bass Pro Shops uh, several weeks back and, and looking to – actually, most of the Navionics charts I had had were, were not even the little microchip. So I went out west, and uh, I needed the little microchip new West Coast deal. So so I went to Bass Pro Shops, started looking at everything, and I saw that you know they had U.S. mapping and then regional mapping. And it sure. looked to me like the products were very similar except for a price difference of $50. I think it was I, I'm I'm kind of throwing this out there, but I think it was 199 for the US lake maps and then 149 for the regional maps. Sure. What's the difference? You know, as consumer, I'm going out to spend my Christmas money on a new Navionics chip because mm-hmm. I I realize I need this stuff if I don't have it, not using Sonar Chart Live, all these other types of things. Which one is really the right way to go as far as, you know, the bass fishing consumer? There's really not a right way to go. Essentially, there's about three products that I am pushing a lot. A fourth one we can get into, too, which would be the Navionics Update card. But they have Navionics Plus, okay? That's the card that I run majority of the time. I mean, I have them all, but Navionics Plus is the one I want. That one runs, I think it's 179 I might okay. be wrong. I might be 200 now, but uh, that card is preloaded with nautical chart. Okay. But I need them sonar charts. So when I download, like right now, I've been sitting here in the morning and I make some coffee and I sit down and open up my computer. I put my Navionics card in there and I'm downloading every single lake that we're going to go to this year. And I'm already having all those on my card. Gotcha. I get the freshest data now. You guys all know we've been fishing a long enough time to know the days of needing you know, you got two, maybe three graphs, maybe four now, and needing a card for each one for every region we go to. So that can be an expensive commitment right there on its own. So the Navionics Plus card allows you to download not only U.S., but Ocean and Canada, which is, you know, very few companies, if any, have Canadian coverage outside of Navionics. So it allows you to download anywhere you want there, and you can download that to your card, okay? And it's free to download for a year. Then they have Navionics Regents card, which is similar to what they used to have in a premium card. The mapping's all the same. Nothing's changing in the mapping. Everything's available. This Regents card has sonar chart now, so that's what they needed to add in because that's what everybody wants, a sonar chart. But there's a big part of the public that doesn't necessarily, fishing community that doesn't necessarily travel outside of their their region, and that's that's the map that they need. It's plug and play. They can put less information on the card, so that's why you find it a little bit less expensive. And then, depending on the graph that you run, some graphs have capabilities of stuff like 3D. You know, they they got different ones like satellite overlay. You know, get that kind of Google Earth looking imaging around your your lake mapping. So again, the mapping stays the same. But just some of those features uh, that you can get could come out of any of those cards. So like the the Navionics Plus card and the Regents card is very similar. One of them is customizable. The Plus card you just customize wherever you want in the USA and Canada. And the Navionics Platinum card is going to be, again, a regional card that has sonar chart, but also, or sonar chart, but also has 
other features that if your graph is capable of having them and you know between hummingbird raymarine lawrence they're all different so that's you're basically paying for features outside of them that's really about it so if you travel a lot if you travel for fishing a lot i highly recommend the navionics plus card it is basically the card that i use all the time now i do carry region cards with me you know how it goes all of a sudden a buddy calls you you're traveling he's like hey right, come over right. because gunners are quick well maybe i never put gunners with now so now i have that card that card to run. So if you're just looking for plug and play easy, I'd tell you to go with the Regents card. If you're looking for, if you're traveling a lot, then I'd tell you to go with the Navionics Plus card. Awesome. Great information there. Now, last month, and maybe you can shed some light as far as just the uh, industry business news, I believe it was Garmin purchased Navionics. Is that correct? And how does that yeah. play going forward? Have you heard any details on, on those types of uh, developments? Well, as a fisherman, I'm probably one of the last people to hear any of the, uh, and I think you can all relate <laughs> right. to that. One of the, I'm not the one in on the meetings and all that, but uh, Garmin's a powerful company. They've done a lot in the world of saltwater. Oddly enough, Garmin was the one company that I could never promote with the Navionics relationship because they don't use Navionics. Um, they have their own mapping company. So now I'm guessing, and I, I, I don't know, I, I really sure, don't sure. know, but I'm guessing sure. Garmin users will be able to access Navionics mapping, whether that be through their mapping or whether that be, you know, whether they transfer some of that stuff to Garmin or whether it's through Navionics, that I don't know. But one thing I do know is that uh, it's business as usual for Navionics. Uh, still answer to all the same people there. Um, right. projects have not changed everything moves forward and stuff like that so yeah i, I mean it was definitely a, a big purchase probably a great purchase for garmin and uh you know in the end i, I think we'll see a lot of positivities come out of that relationship moving forward sure well and and i'm a big lawrence guy and i, I know that you are as yep. well and aaron is too they're a part of the show here at bass edge so we're super happy to talk about lawrence electronics all the time I, you know i feel like they're the number one uh, electronics in the business as far as sonar side scan down scan and all the GPS uh, components that they provide all of us bass fishermen. But the first thing I heard is I know that Hummingbird has the Lake Master and it's kind of just, you know, facilitates just that particular unit. So, you know, when I first heard that last month, I'm like, oh goodness, you know, does that mean that Navionics is just going to be working with Garmin? But it sounds like that, uh, you know, as you say, business as usual and Navionics is going to be the place to be for a lot of electronics users, which is good news to hear. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, I'm a big Lawrence guy. That's what I use that's what i promote i have my entire life and it's business as usual there you know the one thing i just uh, again i don't know any of the any of the ins and outs and i definitely don't want to put out any false rumors sure, enough, sure. So i don't want to comment yeah. on it too much but i will say that lake master was like a three-state company before they were purchased by hummingbird they literally were only three states and they were like minnesota wisconsin and michigan and i knew that i grew up here so right. lake master was a, was a really tiny little map company navionics was global Literally global. So I'm guessing there's just, uh, I don't know what that means, but there's got to be a lot more to it than just extending it and being done with it. That's a, that's a global sure, company. Sure. So yeah, yeah. Um, I'm, I'm guessing there's, you know, and there's a lot of relationships there and stuff like that. So as far as Navionics goes, like I said, I'm, I'm looking forward to promoting the Lawrence navionics relationship for a long, long time. That's awesome, man. Well, we're, we're looking forward to using it <laughs> and using it more effectively yeah. now as well. So uh, I tell you that's what, right. Josh, let's take a break for a few minutes before we get in some more details how we can use our electronics more effectively. Hang tight. Bass Edge Radio will be right back. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 
If it's hard to stop or you hear squealing and grinding noises during braking, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts. You'll find the brake parts you need from trusted brands like BrakeBest, BrakeBest Select, and Wagner ThermoQuiet at everyday low prices. Play it safe with brake parts from O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices, every day. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Bass Edge Radio, presented in part by Nitro Boats Performance Fishing Boats, returns with FLW Tour Pro Josh Douglas in the Lucas Oil Angler Spotlight. That's right, Lucas Oil high-performance marine products from real oils to two-cycle outboard oil that surpasses all manufacturers' requirements. Visit them at lucasoil.com. It works. Well, Josh, we covered a lot of Navionics before the break, and I've got to advise all the listeners to check out Josh's social media. Have a look at his uh, maybe next free online webinar for more information about Navionics. And uh, you guys do a great job, Josh, of uh, supplying lots of education for anglers out there through that method. So I appreciate that, of course. Um, but let's dive yeah. into some Lowrance information. You know, last year, the new carbons were revealed. A lot of great features there. What are some of your favorites? Yeah, Lowrance, the new carbons are awesome. I can tell you that. I, I just ordered four of them for my new boat. I love the carbon. I got to run the carbon a lot of last year. Very similar in format to what we were used to with the Gen 3, but there's two things in particular that I really, really, really like about the, the new carbon unit. One is I didn't think they could get the screen any clearer, and they did. That's big, especially with Structure Scan 3D, which I'm a huge advocate for. I love 3D, um, the things that I can see on 3D in super shallow water, how I can shoot out way further to collect data and see what I'm seeing out there. And that screen, no matter what the glare is from the sun, all day long, high sun, doesn't matter. I can see everything extremely clear. And to me, that's super important. Secondly is the processor. They have a dual-core processor now in those things, in the uh, carbon super fast. That's one area Lorenz has always excelled is their processors are fast. Well, the more and more data that we're collecting and the more and more stuff that we can do, like Sonar Chart Live, stuff where we can now, you know, from my Lorenz unit, I can make my own map on the fly right now. You know, if I'm sitting there and I'm fishing a reef on Mille Lacs and I'm liking it and I got a tournament there, I can just keep fishing it and collect it and I can make my own map right in front of me. Well, that all kind of stuff is, is great, but it takes up space. And it bogs down units in the past with anybody. With Lorance having that dual core processor, I mean, you're talking snappy fast stuff. So when I zoom in on my map, it's just, it's there. It just zooms in right there. There's not that lag time. Everything is, is very responsive no matter what I'm doing. And those two things, I think, are hugely what you're paying for when you get the carbon unit. And, right. uh, it definitely, I think, make for better overall product. I did notice that, uh, you know, when when I get a lot of trails saved, which I save tons of trails, you know, going to lakes mm -hmm. that I haven't been before or, you know, with multiple day practices. If you're out there practicing more than a day, then I think it's a great idea to save your trails. You kind of understand, you know, positioning of fish, you know, throwing that waypoint when you catch a fish. But uh, anyway, you know, all of a sudden I end up with, you know, 858 waypoints over a couple month period. And then, you know, I've got 28 trails saved and whatever else out there. And I noticed that kind of slows that processor down a little bit. So that is great to hear and I think can be, you know, very important as far as, uh, you know, running down the lake and having that map update really quick. I think that's a great point. 
this is all great information, and I couldn't help but notice, and I would like Josh's and even Kurt, your opinion on this. You know, Josh says he ordered four graphs, right, carbons. First off, my question is, do we really need two graphs? And I would like for you to look at it from you guys' perspective, being on the professional end, and then also, you know, the weekend angler that is obviously on a limited budget, and what's the advantages, disadvantages? Why would a person want to have two graphs or not? Well, my boat will be rigged with four units. I've done that for the last couple of years. That doesn't mean I always have four 12-inch units on my boat. I do a ton of electronics trains. That is one thing I should have said when I with guiding is I also jump in people's boat. You know, I see so many times where somebody will pay good money for this equipment. It ain't cheap. I mean, it's not. So no matter what you're buying, it's not cheap. It's an investment. And I see so many people that will buy that stuff and basically just use it as a glorified depth finder. It has so much more that it can do. So I jump in people's boat and actually teach them how to use that equipment so that they're very familiar with that. And that that took me thousands of man hours to figure that kind of stuff out. It still does. To right, right. On your shoulder and tell you, hey, you know, you're, what you're looking at is, is 100% right. I get asked a bunch because people follow me in my electronics and they see that I have 412s on it. What do you need those for? Well, okay. If I'm down in Florida and when we're fishing in Okeechobee, I will not have four on there. Matter of fact, those things are like magnets to one and a half ounce weight. So definitely won't have four. I don't need them there. But when I'm at a place like Malax or, or when I'm when I'm smallmouth fishing up here, I always tell people whether it's screen size or as many graphs as you can, buy what you can afford. I mean, that's obviously the biggest thing. If you buy the graph, you can't afford to put gas in your boat, then that was pointless. But having multiple units for me makes me a a lot more efficient on the water. And it started with, you know, we each had, we had one up front and one at, one at our face and one up on the deck. Then you started seeing a lot of guys going to two at their face and one on the deck. Now you're seeing a lot of guys go to two on the deck and two in their face. Basically what I do is I don't want to dumb my unit down at all. So I can run that many, so I do. And for training and stuff like that, it definitely helps. But when I'm looking at structure scan, I want to see the full. I want to see it all. I don't want to dumb that thing down into a smaller screen. I want that big screen. I want to be able to see the little details. I want to be able to pick out fish and stuff. And that's why I bought a 12-inch screen was to be able to see it. Now, again, with the 12-inch screen, there's plenty of room and how you can switch around your format. There's plenty of room to be able to still see that stuff. So again, that's why I say buy whatever you can afford, whether that be screen size or multiple units. I also like to keep my map a full big map because like I said earlier, that's what breathes life into my unit. That's what separates the men from the boys essentially when it comes to fishing is being able to look and find what looks like fishy water. You got to have a place to start. So whether it's waypoint management, stuff like that, I want to have sonar. I want to be able to see my sonar. I still want to see down scan and I want to see side scan. A lot of different things that I can use. Now, why I use two up front, I generally will always have three on my boat. That fourth one comes and goes, depending on where I'm at. So here's the other one. If I'm fishing like Oneida, I had a top 12 there in the open this year. I use that second graph up front more than I used any of them because I took my time and I marked very, very, very subtle gravel and rock spots that I could see on my structure scan. Okay, I just idle and idle and idle all of practice. And I was looking for, I wanted a hundred of those. I didn't care how big they were, if they were the size of my deck, where I could see two little rocks and some gravel, I wanted that spot. Was there fish on them all? No, definitely not schooled. But, you know, one out of every 10 spot I hit, I'd catch a three or four pounder. And that was huge. But when I'm sitting up there and I'm trying to find, you know, your GPS signal changes a lot. I use that second graph up front to see what's around me. We spend so much time of our day on the deck of our boat. That's where we make our money. That's where we're going to be. So I use that one. I want to see what's around me. 
so when I'm, when I'm fishing, you know, I'm going along and I'm kind of fishing a rocky reef and all that, and all of a sudden I can look down at my other grass, and I still see my waypoints, I see my mapping, I see where I'm going, I got my sonar. I mean, you can't not have sonar on the deck of your boat. You know, down scan is awesome, but down scan is not good for dropping on fish, like actually seeing a fish and dropping down to it. That's where sonar is better. And I can get into more of why that is, but I have to have my sonar. Of all the tools we have today, my sonar is still so important to me. But yeah, uh, as I'm yeah. fishing around, all of a sudden I see off the side of the boat, and I'm still, all I'm doing is overlaying my structure scan to my front. It's still on the back because the front moves too much. I'm distorting my image constantly. So I'm still keeping my structure scan transducer in the back and I'm just overlaying it to the front and I'm standing away from my graph. I'm the furthest away from it than I'll be of any other one of my graphs. I want to see them sweet spots where all of a sudden I fish along and I go, where, where did them rocks go? Where's them good? Oh, there they are right there. And I swing my ball around and start. And again, why the point one becomes so good because I can have a heading extension and I can just turn my boat right to where that rock pile was and make that cast. It's about efficiency. And you guys all know we're fishing against really, really, really good fishermen. So the more efficient you can be on the water, the better that's going to relate. As your everyday Joe fisherman, do you need four graphs? No. No, you don't. Is it nice? Yeah, it is. It's, it's really, it definitely, definitely helps. Yeah, it's a whole nother level of detail, which is great to hear you explain, kind of give those advantages that, you know, having two graphs on your console, having two graphs on the front really do kind of take it to that next level, especially I would say if you're an angler that lives up north on smallmouth types of waters where those little intricate details are so, so important, or even down south and you're living on TVA bodies of water where, you know, the current offshore stuff is so important, you know, any of that deep water application down south where it's, you know I, I, you could go into a thousand lakes but brush piles on Lake Ufala and those anglers that live on those bodies know and that's a great weapon great tool that you provided them in, in super awesome detail if I could say one sure. more thing on that yeah. Um, I can't tell you how many countless times I find a money cashing spot uh, off the deck of my boat. Again, because we do spend so much time there. It's one thing, you know, I always tell everybody, idle what you're going to fish, especially when you're fishing offshore. Get to know what's around you. Otherwise, you're just guessing. So kind of idle it, figure out where the sweet spots are. With Lowrance, it's great. You can always scroll back in time. So you don't need to sit there and stop on everything. You can just look back, go over the points. But being that we spend 90% of our day on the front deck, think all the stuff you miss by not having structure scan up on your deck. Whether it's Lake Minnetonka and I'm flipping a whole line of milfoil and all of a sudden off the side of the boat, 12 feet away from me is one chunk of milfoil, one isolated spot. Well, isolation means one thing to a bass fisherman. That's where the big one's going to be. So to be able to pick up stuff like that that end up playing huge factors or while I'm practicing during the tournament itself, being able to see what's around you under the water I can't think of a better tool than to have structure scan up on your front deck and being able to show you what's around. Again, I'm not a big guy for putting it on my trolling motor because my trolling motor moves so much that I distort my image all the time. I'm constantly missing stuff, but I just overlay it from my back to my front, and then I'm, I'm always finding those little subtle spots that oftentimes can have big results. Great stuff. So much more to learn. I, I got to go back and advise all of our listeners to make sure you check out Josh's social media. He does some awesome live webinars. Obviously, you can go up there to Minnesota, spend some time with him out there at Malax and other ways that you can garner all this information. He's obviously spent a lot of time. I got to admit, every time I see Josh out there and we're practicing for different events, I see him at the FLW Tour events, obviously. 
closely and in uh, several of the bass opens the last few years and the dude is relentless he is always idling looking for those fish and uh, it's awesome to see it out there and i'm always thinking to myself dude that guy's good at that stuff he loves that stuff and, and uh, obviously we can hear the passion through josh's education here we're going to skip ahead just a little bit right here i've got to dive into the hydrowave real quickly i know that you do yeah. some things with with hydrowave as well and i don't really want to get in completely in experiences that you can provide because gosh there's there's so many things to talk about here and we'll probably have to make a whole nother show with you at some time in the future but hydrowaves very successful i've had some very successful times with them and my experience has been good a lot of people are on the fence you know do i really need a hydrowave do i not break down real quickly you know some seasonal fundamentals of hydrowave and the importance that you see through that yeah a fisherman doesn't really need anything to go fishing that's the beautiful thing about what we do you can go out there and catch your personal best out of a canoe that's what's awesome about it a hydrowave is a tool the biggest thing that i like about hydrowave are two things one it stimulates the environment around me oftentimes we're fishing we ain't getting bit and it feels like we're either fishing a swimming pool or a bass pro shops tank when they're just not moving and they're not. And, you know, bass, I think, I've heard, I don't know if this is true, but I've heard they only actively eat about two hours of the day. The rest of them, that can be different times of the day for different fish, obviously, but a lot of the fish we catch, we're tricking into biting. We're making them bite something, whether it be reaction or something like that. So what I want to do is stimulate an environment. And I lost my lab now, but for the longest time, I had an old an old lab who's 14. And I also have my young, my Rottweiler. He's getting old now, but at the time, he was young, and this is what first kind of stimulated me towards thinking more and more about the hydrowave. In the loops of a hydrowave, you actually hear fish eating other fish, okay? That is big. I used to own a company called Aquatic Care uh, when I was real young, 18, and I'd set up aquariums in people's lobbies and, and maintain them for them. Well, when you feed fish goldfish, you can hear them crunching them on the outside of the tank. No problem with the regular ears. <laughs> that's you can hear them that's crunching awesome. their air bladders, right? So they make noise when they're under there. Well, up here on Malax, I can turn my hydrowave on. I will always have a loon next to me. The loon doesn't want to eat the smallmouth, but the loon wants to eat the stuff that the smallmouths are spitting out of their mouth. They hear fish eating. We also have muskies up here. Numerous times have I had muskies just come right up to the boat. I used to live on Chickamauga. I have seen seven, eight pounders come right to my trolling motor because they hear that. Doesn't mean I'm going to catch them. It's a tool. It shows me what's around it. It stimulates that environment. And the story about the dog is Madison, my old lab, bless her soul, she was really old and my rottweiler would be sitting there sleeping well he's dominant okay he's 120 pounds she was about 45 pounds all of a sudden he'd hear her eating and it's in his dna to get up and just nudge her out of there and eat that food it's what dominant animals do yeah so yeah. whether that be a big muskie that comes and shows itself or whether that's smallmouth, whatever you're doing, you're stimulating that environment around you and you're getting an instinct out of those fish. Again, it's not foolproof, it's a tool, just like everything else is. So I found that there's times and places that I want to use it. Maybe I want to use a different loop. Maybe I want it full go. Maybe I want to turn it down. And those are all a whole bunch of other things. And honestly, kind of secrets that I've learned myself that I want to keep to myself about when a hydrowave is going to work in my favor. But I definitely am a big time believer in hydrowave. Uh, I've even got to be a part of some of the processes in the past doing pro staff stuff of when they're actually collecting their sound of blueback herring and stuff and down in Georgia. It was awesome. I learned a bunch. And I don't know if you can tell me a pro that doesn't have one on the deck of their boat. You know, I mean, there's there's a reason for them. They work. But again, they're not foolproof. You got to know when and where you want to use it. And that's all through, obviously, your experience that you've had there and, and some in-depth experience. And folks, you heard it from Josh, you know, putting one of those on the front of your boat. I have seen it make 
a difference. And I've seen it activate fish and put some fish in my boat that otherwise I really don't feel like I would have. I think it's a lot like scent, right? How can you really decide that scent is, you know, effective? You really don't know, but you know, if it's part of your confidence and part of something that you see that you really believe is, is part of the reason why you're catching some extra or activating fish and you see some of these other things like Josh talked about the muskie and the loons and different things that he's seen, that's a telltale sign. So, uh, man, that's good info. Obviously, we're always trying to fish for bigger ones, which means they're an alpha predator is what we're looking for, whether that be a muskie or anything like it. But not just that, you know, I can't tell you countless times you've thrown a jerk bait and all of a sudden you look behind your jerk bait and it's getting really close to the boat you see the smallmouth coming right behind it and man you need that fish more than anything and all of a sudden he turns away at the boat and he's gone and that fish ain't biting he's gone i'm telling you what i don't care how good you are that fish ain't biting no more when they see the boat for some reason the hydrowave can get them to commit get that fish just to look at the boat and grab that jerk bait quick and turn on it and it's stuff like that that i'm just man you know and like you said whether that was purely the hydrowave or whether now I just have confidence that that's helping me no matter what tools we talk about today, no matter tackle, no matter what, confidence is definitely the best tool in every fisherman's tackle box. So that hydro wave gives me more confidence when I'm on the water. Well, speaking of committing and confidence, I'm going to ask you to commit to our listener question as every episode we highlight mm-hmm. one of those. And uh, for our featured angler to answer in the O'Reilly Auto Parts, Better Parts, Better Prices, Everyday Listener Question segment. And today's question is actually... Uh, near and dear to me and certainly something that all three of us can relate with but it comes from and I apologize in advance if I butcher the name but what I believe is from Reen Ball and he asks what are the most important considerations when looking to purchase a used bass boat and Josh I realize I probably tossed you kind of under the bus on this one so I'll simplify it a little bit but how about we cover kind of your top items to consider that's a very very good question my opinion and a question that maybe I might have made a mistake on when I first got into fishing. Um, my whole life I wanted to be a bass pro but never had the means to it. It's, it's an expensive sport. So about 10 years ago, I finally, you know, I was bartending a bunch, and I, I made the commitment to buy a bass boat. I was going to chase this dream. I couldn't sleep at night. That's what I wanted to do with my life, for better or for worse. That's what I wanted to do. And I bought at the time a 17-foot Ranger, and that was my very first boat. It was affordable. It was like, I don't know, at the time it was probably six, seven years old. And I think I got it for about 11 grand. Um, It was awesome. It got me on the water. It got me fishing. But my goal was tournament fishing. So within a year, I had to sell that boat. Size is a big deal. Speed's not necessarily the hugest deal. You can still compete, but size is a big deal. A 17-foot boat won't let me fish half the water that I want to fish on a day-to-day basis. It's too small. Too small for what we're trying to do out there as far as bigger waves go, stuff like that. So size is my first one. A 19-foot boat, 20-foot boat. If your goal is to be a tournament fisherman, I highly recommend that you start looking at that. Just start there. I see a lot of guys, including myself, start at that smaller boat, and you're just going to have to buy a new one right away. As soon as your first couple tournaments, you realize that you need a bigger boat. So size of the boat's a big one. Engine size isn't as important to me because, you know, I feel like you can fish almost anywhere with any kind of engine size. Now, we do make some horrendous runs in some of these tournaments that we take. That a 250 definitely gets me there and saves me time and efficiency and all that. But um, the other one is a warranty. I've seen a lot of guys get into, even myself, get into boats, save up all your money. You make this commitment on this boat. Well, 
we beat them up. We put them through a lot, a lot of stuff every day. And that warranty to me is, is worth its weight and goal because at the same time, it can also hinder a guy. If you're getting into a boat and you start having engine issues with that boat, you can very quickly end up spending more money in repairs than you did to buy that boat. So any kind of a warranty, whether it's extended warranty or anything, it just gives you that protection in your investment. So I'm a big advocate for size of the boat. And then, of course, the engine warranty. And outside of that, a lot of it's personal. You know, whether you run Ranger or I run a Phoenix, it just all kind of depends on, you know, what you like and what you need to get out of a boat. And where you're fishing a lot, you know. If you're fishing a place that's shallow and got a lot of stumps, you might want to look for a lighter, more shallower running boat if you're fishing places like Lake Malax, you might want a heavier, better running big water boat. So a lot of that just kind of depends on, I think, your demographic and where you're from. But the two most important things I think I look into are not necessarily electronics and all that, because let's all admit with phones, drafts don't matter. Everything's evolving so fast in the electronics world that electronics four years ago, yeah, they, they work great, but you know, in a couple of years, you're going to want to get out of that anyway. So the two things, again, boat size and my uh, boat overall length and my warranties are two things that I'm going to try to push people into. And, and I, you know, Kurt, you know my buddy Chad Smith? Co- yeah. Angler, oh, yeah. Co-angler, hammer. Really good. Really good fisherman. I've seen him come up through. <laughs> Outstanding fisherman, the last, yes. Yeah, for the last four years, I've seen him from the bottom of the barrel move all the way up to the top. And he's going through a lot of that. You know, what boat he can afford. He's young. He's like, I don't know, 22. You know, and right. I, I couldn't imagine at 22 years old trying to buy a bass boat. It's a big commitment and stuff. So going through that and trying, you know, just trying to advise the people around you, the couple things that you're going to need. And then from there, just trying to get the best deal you possibly can on, on your dream boat. Well, that's good stuff, Josh. We appreciate you answering that question for Reen. I believe it's R-Y-N-E Ball. I'm not exactly sure how to pronounce it, just being honest there. But I, Aaron, I thought you did a great job. So I'm going to go with you. And Reen, thanks <laughs> for sending in that question to Bass Edge Radio. Video. And uh, again, be sure to send us an email letting us know that you heard your question answered on the show. You can claim that O'Reilly Auto Parts gift card from us right here at Bass Edge Radio. Let us know that you heard the question. You can also send us an email, support at BassEdge.com. Or, Reen, you gave us that question through Facebook. So you can just uh, respond to us on Facebook and let us know. And reminder to all listeners, keep sending in those questions. We appreciate it. I know Josh wants to answer some more of them in the future so uh, we'll keep those things going and always giving out those o'reilly auto part gift cards we appreciate their partnership with bass edge radio hey josh i just want to say thanks you know what a great way for us here at bass edge radio to bookend our entire season of 2017 you brought the goods master's class on so many levels here any closing thoughts as not only we close down the episode but really quite honestly close down 2017 for bass edge radio yeah, I, of course, I want to thank my sponsors. Uh, first and foremost, I thank my wife. She has been involved with in this fishing dream of mine since the start. Um, and now, like I said, you can follow her on social media as well. Her handle is The Fisherman's Widow. And if anyone who does follow her knows, she does a lot of our photos and our videos from myself, my good buddy, Seth Fighter, and so many, Carl Jockamson, so many different people she helps out. Uh, with so much of that and in, in a crazy world like social media like we have today uh, that kind of stuff so useful because of all the electronics trainings and seminars and stuff we do we want to try to get that out in front of uh, the most people as possible and of course my sponsors there's no way i'd be doing any of this without sponsor support a big one again navionics we talked about navionics in depth here uh Laurent, 
Chief Marine, HydroWave, the list can go on and on. Iowa, great companies that I work with definitely help support me and keep me out on the water in return. I try to do as many of these types of things as I possibly can to promote their products. And then please follow me on, on all my stuff. Uh, me and my good buddy, Bassmaster Elite Pro Seth Fighter, do do a running webinar. We don't have them. At, you know, we kind of switch it up a little bit on when they're going to be uh, during times of years and all that. We do have one coming up in December. Check out my website for more information. That's joshdouglasfishing.com. And uh, all my social media, whether it be Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, all of that is Josh Douglas Fishing. So I urge everybody to give me a follow. And uh, and please, again, one thing I open myself up to, to everybody, uh, my contact information is on all my stuff. If you have questions and I can possibly answer them or get you help on them, I will always do that. That's my job. It's probably the best tool I can get back to my sponsors is answering questions for people, no matter how dumb you may think that they are. Trust me, I've already asked them all. So by all means, fire me questions, take screenshots of stuff, whatever you got, send them my way. I might not be able to get to them right away, depending on my schedule, but I always try to sit down and answer them. And if you need help, if I can't help you, I will try my best to find somebody who can. That's good stuff, Josh. Thanks for being on the show. It's been an absolute marathon and a lot of fun. I got to send you off with our little segment, four last questions for you. What body of water did you catch your first bass? Well, I'm going to give you two because I'm from Minnesota. We have as many largemouth as we have smallmouth. I caught my first largemouth and I got addicted to fishing largemouth on a small lake in western Minnesota my grandpa and his buddy who was from Alabama kind of taught us how to largemouth fish. So I caught my first one there and I was absolutely addicted to them. Uh, my first smallmouth I caught with my uncle up on Lake Vermilion, which we talked about Lake Vermilion. I caught it and I actually caught that thing on a, I was a four and a quarter pounder and I caught it on a split shot rig with the old Berkeley power leech on it. And I, that fish single-handedly changed my life to this day. Well, a four-and-a-half-pounder would certainly change a lot of lives. Um, what was the last picture you took with your phone? Ah, my last picture I took with my phone. That's a tough question for me. I take a lot of pictures from my phone. I, never, I think it was actually yesterday I took a picture of all my Daiwa reels that I'm trying to clean up, take old line on, and start getting ready for 2018. I took a oh. picture of, of the project I had of, of uh, Daiwa reels ahead of me and the endless amounts of line that I had to take off of that. All right. What is your favorite thing to watch on TV? Well, I mean, that's an easy one. I'm, I've always been a big fan of fishing shows. Uh, I love being in front of the camera. I like that. That is definitely my end game one day is to get a fishing show. And uh, so I watch a lot of them, whether, I mean, all of them, they're, uh, they're all good. Of course, watching the, the Elite Series and FLW Tour on TV, Major League Fishing, all that kind of stuff. I mean, as a fisherman, you just can't absorb enough of that. And I think you guys can relate. You know, you just, that's what we live for. It's what we live and breathe is fishing. But outside of that, I'm a big sports fan um, from hockey. I swear we're, you know, I'm from Minnesota. We played, I played hockey my whole life. I think we're born with skates on our feet and spinning rods in our hand here. So I watch a lot of hockey, NFL football, college football. Uh, basically, if it's sports, I'm watching it. I'm not much into, into any kind of dramas or any of that kind of stuff. I see there's too much drama in the world that I ain't going to sit there and waste my free time watching it all. So a lot of sports, that gives me all the drama I need right there. All right. So if I, uh, if I ask the fisherman's widow, are you a bathroom singer? <laughs> if I am in a good mood, yeah, I think I am. And, and, and uh, only, only for her and my Rottweiler's ears, though, I promise you that. There is no... 
I, I've wasted any talent that I had in, in the fishing game. I definitely am not a good singer, but I still, I'll still give a hell out in there. That's for sure. That's awesome. Well, Josh, it's been awesome to have you on the show. Thanks again for everything. Bass Edge Radio. We'll be back in a moment. Patented in 2000, perfected over years of testing and real-world punishment, the PowerPole is the ultimate shallow-water boat positioning tool. Swift, PowerPole deploys in seconds from anywhere in your boat. Virtually silent, PowerPole won't spook wary fish. Secure in strong currents or gusting winds in up to 8 feet of water. Engineered to take it with a lifetime unconditional replacement guarantee on the spike. PowerPole, swift, silent, secure. Visit PowerPole.com to find a dealer near you. You know the importance of protecting your investments, so why use anything other than the toughest keel protector for your boat? Grinding sand, abrasive rocks, and concrete ramps are no match for our patented technology. KeelGuard keel protectors are made tough and made to stick. Their do-it-yourself installation takes less than an hour, providing the most dependable, most trusted keel protection for your boat, guaranteed for life. So give your boat the performance edge. Put on the protection the pros pick. KeelGuard keel protectors. Aaron, got to give a special thanks to Josh Douglas for taking his time out of this busy time of year through the holiday season. Certainly, what a great education, man. He's got a lot of info up there in that noggin. <laughs> so uh, extracting some of it, as we did here on Bass Edge Radio, is just the beginning. So we're going to continue talking about some of those things as uh, 2018 gears up. We still have maybe a month or two before most anglers really start the season again. I think most folks around the country starting the season late February into March. So uh, we still got a few months, but, you know, down in Florida, things are hopping already in January. So uh, we got all kinds of coasters going on and uh, bass opens going on. And of course, the FLW season starting up very early this year in late January as well. So super excited to get things going, Bob. It is. And as we bring this year to a close, Kurt, and certainly gear up for the next one, I know we've got a lot of unique and new stuff to be able to announce for the 2018 season. But, you know, I just want to throw out Kurt obviously you and I have been at this a long time and uh, man it has been fun it's hard to believe you know we're 270 episodes into this thing I can actually remember when we did the 100th anniversary celebration of the 100th episode so my how time flies any closing thoughts as we do put this thing to rest for 2018 heck yeah buddy you bet man I I just want to give a big shout out obviously to all the listeners thanks so much for all your support out there on social media our Instagram Twitter Facebook. Just happy to interact with everybody through those social media outlets. And uh, just, man, thanks for all the support. I hear it all the time when I'm out either guiding here at Lake Amistad or out on tour, meeting people that have heard Bass Edge Radio and they always talk about the show and hey, are you Kurt with Bass Edge? Or the, I mean, man, that stuff is awesome. I'm glad you guys are enjoying the show, getting some education out of this podcast. Aaron and I really love doing it. Big shout out, obviously, to all of the sponsors. Aaron, I'm going to let you go through the list you've got it down to the t absolutely you know certainly we could not do this without those nitro boats mercury marine o'reilly auto parts lucas oil power pole lawrence electronics and of course megaware keel guard been there since day one so uh hats off to all them just to echo what kurt said it's certainly not lost on us that we are able to sit in these chairs as a result of you guys and your support thanks so much speaking of which it is the holiday season be sure if you have the opportunity 
tremendous amount of great organizations out there to support, whether it's food banks, Salvation Army, what have you. But uh, perhaps if you have the opportunity and see someone in need and can share an extra gift for a child or help make their Christmas or holiday season a little bit better, certainly encouraging you to do that. We will see you on the other side. 2018, January 1, we kick off a brand new season of Bass Edge Radio. Happy holidays, everyone. We'll see you next time right here on Bass Edge Radio. is presented by MegaWare KeelGuard. For more information on Bass Edge or to shop at the Bass Edge online store, visit BassEdge.com and be sure to join Kurt Dove and Aaron Martin right here on another episode of The Edge. Brought to you in part by Nitro Boats, O'Reilly Auto Parts, Lucas Oil, ProtectTheHarvest.com, Mercury Marine, Lowrance Electronics, PowerPole, and Rapaholic.com.